Are you ready to jump into some true crime docs, crime thrillers, and more? Check out our website for an extensive list of our favorite movies and shows at thesirenspodcast.com slash watch, and find our favorite true crime and thriller books and authors, some covered on the show, at thesirenspodcast.com slash author alley. You can even find special deals for Amazon Music, Audible, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus, Showtime, and even Grubhub. If you're looking to jump in immediately, check out our pinned Facebook post for some streaming service free trials on us. You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. A break from our regular programming for this special episode, Raven's Reviews. So we're doing an impromptu uh, review because we were, and I say we. Um, I mean, is it impromptu? It's prompted. It's is it, it's a, prompted. It is, it prompted. is prompted. It is prompted. They asked us they, to come look at this. They did wonderful thing they made, and they so, were like, "What do you think, man?" Rick and I were invited. We had uh, two tickets with the podcast. Um, I guess they did kind of a invite only for media for an advanced screening of the movie Vengeance by B.J. Novak. It's pretty good. So, That's uh, my review. let me just tell you a little bit about the movie. I'll tell you, this is the synopsis that they sent. Um, and I'm going to read this synopsis just because I don't want to give too much away. So, it's the directorial debut from writer and star B.J. Novak. We all know him from The Office as Ryan. It is a darkly comic thriller about Ben, a journalist and podcaster who travels from New York City to West Texas to investigate the death of a girl he was hooking up with. I say hooking up with, but he only did it that once, I think. No, it was two or three. Was it two or three? Yeah. Uh, All right, so the cast... You've got, of course, you've got B.J. Novak. You've got Issa Rae, which I do really like Issa Rae. And um, Boyd Holbrook. And Ashton and Ashton Kutcher. Hey, money. Um, so, we're going to jump right in. This isn't going to be a very long episode. Uh, really just wanted to hit the high notes on this movie because I think we were kind of invited because of the content of this movie. You were a million percent invited because of the content of this movie. In so, fact, I would wager so far as to say that if I didn't know any better... It was made just for me. He knew you... Personally. ...when you wrote it. Well, um, and I, I did want to talk a little bit before we jump into our actual review of the movie, I did want to talk for just a second about going to this really cool uh, pre-screening that we were invited to. Never been to a pre-screening before. Um, we had to get a babysitter, so it was kind of like a date night. We drove from Tulsa to Oklahoma City to watch this in the Harkins Theater. And what was cool about it is when they did this pre-screening, they were actually doing the premiere in Harkins Theaters all across the nation, including the one in Los Angeles where all of the cast attended. So simultaneously, we were attending the premiere while they attended the premiere. And I don't like it, you know, too much, the fame. They asked they, our name and everything. And he hey, but you know what? did not listen to me when I told him my name. Not you, no. Because, he was like, I'm going to need... Well, because your name wasn't on the list. It's true. I was your plus one. <laughs> you were. And so he was like, what's your name? And you're like, Raven Rollins. And he was like, and you are. And I was like, I'm Rick. But he was looking at his phone by then. 
Like he wasn't even looking at the paper thing that so, has names on it. I think in his mind he was like, Raven Rollins is on this paper, and if that dude just makes a noise with his mouth, he's allowed to go in. So, <laughs> yes, there was. Um, we were invited by Focus Features, which is the what are they the production company for this movie? Yeah. Them um, and uh, Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. Yes, <laughs> it was Bloomhouse. I love Bloomhouse. You can't sleep on Bloomhouse. I'm just saying. Don't sleep on Bloomhouse. You could sleep on Magnet, but (laughs) like if you're watching a movie and that big Magnet logo hits that screen, like it's you can get up in this movie and go to the bathroom. Exactly. You know what I mean? But like uh, you know, Bloomhouse has got some good stuff. Yeah, it's not bad. And um, Focus Features makes a lot of good movies as well. Um, So we were invited by Focus Features to go to this pre-screening they had when we got there you had to get there early which we ran late of course we did i thought that was the best part that we were late because the guy was we made like, an entrance well yeah the guy was like you gotta get in there i know you, it's all it's going down it's going down like how, how do you we're all waiting on you and I was like, they right, weren't. They're not. They were not. They weren't. <laughs> no they were not you know they're, what they were waiting on was like a 48 year old uh, well lady with her screaming baby and they were, <laughs> they were trying okay. to kick her all the way they, out of they that were movie. there was only one so what happened was let me clarify what happened was this theater was filled with um they had reserved seating where we had to rsvp and tell them that we were coming and they reserved seats for us they reserved the good seats for us by the way <laughs> hey that's real <laughs> literally the best seats um, and then the rest of the theater, like the back of the theater and the very front of the theater, was filled with like contestant winners. Like, you won tickets to this on the yeah, radio. Yeah. And so, just like, you know, normal people not associated with press or media in any way. And so, yeah, there was definitely Clearly a lady. Evidenced. Listen, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They what removed they're... her pretty quickly because they were like, uh, this is a professional thing we're doing here. So <laughs> So they that one part where you were like, I gotta get some like I gotta get something to drink. Like I'm gonna die. And I was like, Alright, I need something to drink. Like we we've been in here, we showed up late, and so we ran to the thing because everybody was rushing us. We they're did. like, You gotta go in there. Like yeah. they're and waiting. You cannot on you. find the entrance to the freaking movie theater. That's the biggest complaint I have. Where do you go into the Harkins OKC? Oh my god. You park at the U-Haul factory. <laughs> or whatever the hell that thing is. Because it's in Bricktown. Yeah. And then you have to walk like <laughs> so, I don't know, four hundred yards four years. to a hidden sidewalk. It's not yes. part, it's just off Riverwalk, yes. man. Yes. So you just have to go Everything is hidden. around the river walk. There's a fountain. My favorite regular dude, because the way that you said it's set up right so there was us there's a media in the good seats i mean the best seats in the house they're right there we even got our little reserve tickets they did there was more media in front of our really good seats Mm -hmm. but i I don't know i think they were uh like news media or print media or something because all of them had laptops yeah i i know i noticed that and i think they were like uh if you have a laptop you have to sit up there and then your contest winners were behind us yeah like and then that leaves, us. like that leaves, all the good seats are in the middle, right? Literally so that right leaves like this ring of seats around the outside. Mm-hmm. All right, they just filled that with dudes. I think they were just like, "Hey, do you want to see a movie?" Like everybody that walked. Well, by. the point of of these uh, are to f- the point of it is to fill the seating. So yes, once we all got in there and they realized that there were seats still left open, I think they were just grabbing people. hundred percent. I think they walked out. To, there's like six bars right there too, or whatever. Yeah. And I think they just went into a bar. Yeah. And they were like, "Who wants to see a movie about Texas?" Yeah. And sixteen people were like, "Fuck yeah, I'll see a movie about Texas!" And then they got up and came in. My favorite dude that I noticed when we walked in, it was I'll never forget. It was right before the movie started when they were like who wants to see a movie and then, like everybody screamed mm-hmm. and he's like alright let's start this fucking thing I don't have all night and then like turned it on because <laughs> that's what happened the that's guy was exactly like, what happened I got shit to do tomorrow we, then he, like, we went in there were guys with clipboards we went in they, they showed us to our seating and then when the movie started there were no trailers yeah no trailers no, no, no intros and the reason why they wanted us to be there early was to get 
drinks and popcorn and shit before we got in there so we wouldn't miss the movie. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. The guy with the clipboard walked up to the front and was like, who wants to see a movie? He let him cheer for like a one full yeah. second. He was like, yeah. shut up, that's enough. And he just <laughs> turned the thing on. It was fucking amazing. But uh, so he turns the thing on and I could hear like, you know, the like, what is this? Like, oh, it's a movie. You, like that's happening like behind me to my left uh and i i just hear the best thing i've ever heard in a movie theater is uh this guy like two rows back go i don't know but i think it's about murder <laughs> that's the last thing i heard before like the music got real loud i don't know but it's like i think it's about a murder oh my gosh like, why are you here? Like, what, who invited you? Ticket great. winners, probably. I don't know something about a murder. So yeah, it was um, it was quite an experience. And then um, it's pretty cool, man. And then when the movie was over, they barely played the credits and turned all the lights on and kicked us all out so they could take uh, do a questionnaire out in the lo- in the lobby. That last the scene faded to black and the lights came. Yeah. Out. I mean, that, they were like, all right, the credits are rolling. Don't read them. Nobody cares. Get like, out here and tell us what you think. Give us a review. Tell us your opinion. And Like, it's dark yeah. outside, people. Let's go. Let's move. Bad <laughs> places to be. But it was a really fun experience. I think um, something everyone should do once in your life. I liked the part where you were talking to him and he wrote down like every fifth word that you said yeah. out of context. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like for a sure. million percent out of context. Like And I think that's like, what Oh, I love the part where we <laughs> went on a transformative arc and he just wrote arc. <laughs> love arc. And you're like, yeah, you had this wonderful moment where the lesson he was like lesson. Yeah. Moment. And I was like, what what are you even writing? Gary? How do those do notes you write help it you for later? You? <laughs> like when you get back to your hotel room or whatever, because he's got to fire off an email. Oh yeah, right? for sure. And yeah. he's going to be like, I don't know that, that hot lady said some stuff about loving it. And she said, everybody said they loved it. And then he just sends it off. I don't know. Well, and the, the weird part was, is that when I went in, I got in there before you did, cause you had to park the car. I did. And so I went in there to check us in and I checked in with the guy with the clipboard and he asked the other guy with the clipboard, is this one of the ones that needs to fill out the form? I don't know what the, Form is air quotes. I, I don't know what the form he was is. Really but... glad he didn't give it to us at the end. He was like, "What you think but, of the movie?" And we just started telling him, and he was yeah. like, "All right, I don't. You don't get a form. Like that's too but many words." Then the uh, but then folks features um, emailed me back and said, "Thanks for attending. They're sending us a nice little." vengeance gift basket which is kind of cool i don't know what's gonna be in it but i'm kind of excited to see what's in it that email kind of freaked me out the way she worded it though like we're that? sending you a, a, vengeance, a vengeance basket, basket. I do i want that like, yes, what's I, in do. It? I kind of do a picture of it before I've, you mail something to my house i mean i've never got a vengeance basket before so i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about it's it a first for uh sure. and then um you know which is also another reason that prompted this kind of review was uh, because he it was so out of context. Everything that they were writing down from us was, was just like every 12th word or whatever. And then they sent an email and was like, you know, if you do a review on the podcast, we'd love to share it with the filmmakers. And I was like, all right, okay. So maybe I'll let him know what I actually thought of the movie instead I mean, of whatever that look, guy said. <laughs> share it with BJ Novak if you want to, but I guarantee you he does not have time to listen to our no. episode. So it's not for him. It's for you. No. So you can get out, take your, you know, ugly husband to go see a cool movie <laughs> and then uh you know he'll yeah. embarrass you drop popcorn down his shirt and look for it for five minutes loudly so, it's for you to go see. yeah um so and i think you should i do think you should um so let's get into the movie itself and what we thought about the movie itself so ah uh, the fur it starts with um the main character, his name is Ben, and he is from New York City. Oh, we are. Uh, I guess we should say spoilers. Um, yeah, I would. Or think, do you want to do it like spoiler free, just you very know, generalized? I think that we could probably get away with a spoiler free with telling parts. Like there are some parts that I for sure have issues with. Um, 
but it literally is about the very end of the movie. So I'm not going to uh, say let's anything. Not talk about that part. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that because yeah, you'll have to go see it and kind of like figure it out for yourself. But I'm not going to. Yeah, we're not going to spoil it here. So um, that's probably a good call. But they'd be pretty upset by that. Yeah, they probably would. Here's your pre-screening episode. Everybody dies at the end, <laughs> by the way. So don't so, go you see know, it. They're yeah. all dead. Everybody. <laughs> um. But so, yeah, so it starts with the main character, Ben, who is played by B.J. Novak. Now, he wrote and starred in this, and it's his directorial debut. It is. And so, um, he was he played the main character. It starts off in New York City. This He's from New York City. He was a journalist yeah. uh, of S- some sort. Smart role for him to put himself into as an actor. We all, I mean, it's going to be instant brand recognition. We know Ryan is from The Office, which is who this guy is. is BJ Novak's Ryan from The Office. Yeah, pretty much. So Ben in the movie uh, just plays Ryan on roids, man. That's, I mean, for the first 10 minutes, he's this stereotypical, vapid, uh, flighty, self-indulgent, instantaneous gratification. Kind of opens at this party. that he plays it really well. Elite party, and he's there with his best friend, and they're just kind of talking about oh, themselves just the arrogantly and yeah it's very cringe that you've ever heard in your life but it's supposed it's to suppo- be that's what yeah. i loved about it and and let me tell you something that's brilliant on bj's part because it allowed me to feel comfortable with the character almost immediately i challenge you to find an episode of the office i haven't seen at least a dozen times so i know this dude already yeah now you're just going to let me watch a movie where this dude, who I've already, I'm already comfortable with him, I believe that character, I believe it really well, he sold it, and then it works really well, because you know, I mean, you don't go from New York to Texas yeah. without making some character developments along the way, so I loved that we started on such this horrible low note yes, for the and, character. Yes, um, and... Very important part of that is how he talks about women with his best friend, Ugh. and how like basically um, disposable I would their say, relationships I would wager are. that he treated them like less than disposable. Yeah, I, I would I would wager that they literally mean nothing to him. Yes, the way they yeah. save them in their phone. Yes, yeah, ladies, you ever look at your dude's phone and it just says your first name and a physical description of you <laughs> time to go red flag last date right there time to go yeah and so you know it's kind of him and his little best friend being real douches about relationships and how they treat women and how you know um so anyway we're expecting character development. We are in in that moment. We're like, we hope he learns a lesson. Good jumping off point. Like I, yeah. I don't look. BJ's well, and, a phenomenal writer. We all know that. We've watched his episodes that he's wrote on The Office. They've won awards. Dude's great. But getting him to see him flex that big movie muscle mm-hmm. and really start on such a reliable uh, callback, and then. To exemplify the character so seamlessly, I don't know if I like him or hate him when I first lay eyes on him. Right. Because I'm trying to tell myself the whole time. That's, that's not Ryan not from the Ryan office. From the office. It's <laughs> yeah. a different dude. Yeah. And so, but then. Uh, it does start out as the same character, pretty it, much. Though. I mean, it does. It really you, does. And it, it's brilliant on his part because I already know how I feel about Ryan. Right. Right. And so I get to have all those exact same. Uh, associative emotions with this guy. Well, and in that same party there, you kind of also get to see where this character is um, in his career because his boss is there as well, and they kind of talk shop, and he's telling her that and which is Issa Rae, he's telling her that, you know, he wants to really get a good story. That's the whole, that's the entire thing of this movie is that he e- wants a good story. Issa Ray. Yeah. Issa Ray portrayed a produ- an executive production manager yeah. perfectly. And I want to say that if anyone could tell Issa Ray, <laughs> first of all, I believe that she either sololy or with minimal assistance hung the moon. She's phenomenal. In this particular instance, her just 
effortless poise. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I didn't know better, I would think that before she ever got into acting, she was an executive producer, well, uh, an executive production. Yeah, producer, you really believe her, and it's not just that, but it's the fact that she portrays the boss that everyone wants. I'm telling you, I loved it because phenomenal. That character was very empathetic, very compassionate, but very deadline oriented, like very well, and, and insightful, intelligent. Yeah. You know, just yeah. those those sort of little uh, those nuanced little comments she mm-hmm. would make to him like oh well have you considered and you know you should think and about you even it. see Just you perfect. even see their um, relationship kind of develop throughout the movie as well because you know she starts getting around with him a little bit more they start getting more comfortable with each other um, I felt that there was a development in that almost immediately yeah like the very first time you get to see that sort of back and forth interaction over the phone I was like oh she knows this dude yeah like she knows him and she knows how to manage him Right. And I was like, "All right." So, in my mind, from a uh, from a from an audience member's point of view, I'm going to take in the story. So, whatever developmental changes this man's going to fight through, she's his voice of reason for the rest of this movie. Yeah, yeah. And she, I mean, that's what she's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm talking about her because she nailed that. She's the one she that absolutely yeah. nailed. Keeps it. his supposed to keep his character on track, and she does it very well. Um. And then, so what? Basically, what happens is, uh, one of these girls that he's been sleeping with passes away, and that is in no way a spoiler. It's literally the whole movie. So it's in the trailer, folks. <laughs> it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Uh, and so she she passes away, and but what has happened is, she has indulged a relationship with. Ben, this main character, to her family that was non-existent. And so what ends up happening is her family straight up calls him and says, are you going to be at the funeral? And kind of ropes him into coming to the funeral because the, he's, he's... He's the New York successful yes, boyfriend. exactly. And I don't know if you live in the boonies and the sticks and you know anything about it, there's somebody in everybody's friend group that has... A super famous, successful lawyer, doctor, space cowboy boyfriend. Yeah. Who you don't know because he doesn't live here. He goes to a different school. You don't know him. Exactly. I mean, and what I love about this is that he is that dude. Yeah. And she's dead. Yeah. And so you yeah. get to tell her whole family that, that you it's were not just true. Having sex. And yeah. You either have to go, what? No, I don't know her. Or, and yeah. crush everyone. Yeah. Or you go do the thing. And he does try. And that's the very first time you see an inkling of character development. Is because right then and there, you can see that he's trying to be like, man, we just had sex like a couple of times. There's some other chick (laughs) in his bed at the moment of the phone call. Yes, yes. And so he's trying really hard. But you can see that somewhere deep down in there is some compassion and empathy. And it's like, all right, where am I going for this funeral? It's the goddammit face. Is yes, the part that I love. Yes. God damn it! You know, like because yeah, yes. he makes that face. Yeah, we're like she died and she's recovering. You know, like, and yes. they're bawling in the phone, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and, he, and, and he, they he, live so far away. I mean, you don't know New how York far City. New York from fucking West, West Texas. Texas. I mean, Abilene, Texas. Yes. You don't have to go there if you're from New York. You can hang up that telephone. It'll never affect your no, life No, it won't. No. He he has to know that. So you're absolutely right about yeah. that first That's the first inkling of character development is him going, God damn it. God. Yeah. And he gets roped in to going to her funeral in West Texas. And this is where we see the first... Texans. And we meet the family. We meet yep. the family. Um, and and here's where we're going to start in because you're from Texas. I'm from Oklahoma. I've been. Texas and Oklahoma. Texans and Oklahoma's, Oklahoma are very, very, very similar, if not exactly the same, uh, about how yeah. tropes are portrayed with oh, us. Oh, yeah, in the media. Yeah, I thought you were saying we're the same. We're not the same. Violently no, different. No. Um, it is portrayed that everyone from the South is, oh, bless your heart and sweet tea. And, and you know, it's, it's some of them, yes, are true. Some. 
most of Some... them most of them are true. <laughs> Look, this, but this it's movie very, nails it's, the tropes a lot. It, it does. It does, and I did actually see an article that I read um, after we had seen the movie about his research that he did where he actually just went down to Texas and had some guy, I can't even remember who, just kind of show him around these small town Texas and get to know the people. And um, the the thing about Texas is that, like, everyone is scared of Texans. They're all big and burly, and, and you think of these, like, John Wayne-type characters but then most Texans are pretty freaking nice. Like, they're some of the most, Texas and Oklahomans are some of the most hospitable people that you'll probably find. And so that bless your heart thing is accurate. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this movie going forward. I would say. That are, that's and, very and this accurate was, this to reality. This is the part that we discussed, especially, that absolutely portrays Texan heart. Like, there's a, there's a Texas heart moment. Yeah. And unless you're from Texas, you don't understand it. Exactly. And we we discuss this because in every movie like this, there's a moment, it starts with a lie, and you know that later he's going to have to come clean. Right, right. right. All right. Well, there's this massive moment where he comes clean and it's this big now, or uh, like you think it's going to be, like in your brain you already know. Mm-hmm. If you come clean, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be awful. And you're going to, it's going to get loud. It's going to get emotional. It's going to be this horrible moment portrayed on screen, which I thought he did wonderfully. Mm -hmm. But then it cuts after that. And he's not staying in a hotel when he's down here doing all this. He's staying in their home. Which is what Texans and and Oklahomans do. do. They're going to let you stay in a hotel is our second favorite phrase. Yes. Yeah, it is. You're not staying in a hotel. I got 15 bedrooms on this ranch house. You're coming out. I don't know how many people on the podcast that are like coming into town to be on the show. And I'm like, you can just stay in our spare bedroom. I've never met these people before. They could be murderers. That's the rule. But this is the South. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let you sleep in a weird, strange place you could sleep in. Yeah. Home. Yes. Yeah. All right. So it just cuts to him after the big gnarly fight. <laughs> right. And he's laying on a bed in their home. <laughs> yes. And you go, okay, well, wait, that kid. Like, Other, why would he go back there? If like, you're, why? Yes. If you're not from the South, you would be like, there's no way in hell I would stay in that home. 100%. Or let him stay in my home after that fight. He so, would be in a hotel so fast, but nope, that's not That's not South. Texas. That's not Texas. That's not, yeah. That's not how it works. He would, this is the probably the most accurate thing in the entire freaking movie. He would absolutely have gone back to that At that home. moment, <laughs> at that moment in the movie, every single person in that family is furious yeah. with him. The maddest they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And it would be bordering on hateful. Yeah. Like, I can't. She said, bless your heart to him. She said, bless your heart twice. Yeah, she did. I heard it. She did. And uh, I think he, like, it sounded weird when he did it. But I think it was supposed to. So it worked. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, it was very New York guy saying, bless your heart. And it just didn't work. It. They it's hated It's not supposed him. to, but yeah. And I guarantee you, they were all in their own individual rooms. Yeah. Just think about how mad they were at that boy. Yeah. But they opened the door and let him in. Right. Go back to your room. Right. I can't look at you right now. I'm mad at you. Exactly. But you go take your ass back I don't want to see your face. Till tomorrow morning. We'll talk about it over breakfast. Exactly. Yes. And tomorrow morning, there will be a huge ass southern breakfast on that table. And everybody's going to get coffee. And then... Mama Grandma's gonna sit back sipping, staring directly into your face, 100%. waiting for you to apologize. You don't have anything you'd like to add? Exactly. You don't have anything you want to say to yeah. your grandma? There were also a lot of other things that they kind of put in there. Um, the Whataburger thing is a huge. I want to talk about it. Thing. I want to talk about the Whataburger thing. Okay. First of all, did you know the Whataburger did not pay them? Yes. They so did not pay them. that blows my mind. So that's what I was going to say. There are scenes filmed um, in a Whataburger. Yes. And so the thing was, I was reading this article with BJ Novak, and he, he basically just called Whataburger up and was like, do you guys want to be in a movie? I mean, I'm not going to pay you and you're not going to pay me. 
Um, but I, I'll, but I'll it, put you in there. It's very film school. This <laughs> yes, bit because he's like, is. can I shoot a movie in your can lobby? I, yeah, exactly, like, yes. Yeah, we don't care, man. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Just go in there. Exactly. Like nobody's paying attention to you. If you yes. go in there and do it, no one will even notice. That's the great thing about a Whataburger. I guarantee you, he filmed it. And nobody even looked up. Well, and the point of it is. You don't even know what a Whataburger is unless you're from Oklahoma or Texas. You have this image in your mind that Whataburger's just this chain burger place. Yes. But it's but not. It's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Whataburger is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. There are there's somebody from every walk of life on the other side of that counter, I can yeah. tell you that. The yeah. the people that are making you food can be sixteen to 78 I mean they could be anywhere in the middle right all walks of life they've seen it done it all and they all know one thing I make Whataburger food right and it's stupid good yeah so they do this thing in the movie we're like why do you like Whataburger tell me what you like about it's it. the biggest ongoing joke is that no one can tell you why they like Whataburger I can tell you why I like Whataburger <laughs> I can tell you why I like Whataburger right now you know why I like Whataburger because it's Everything that I want my fast food to be, <laughs> it's open 24 hours a day, and it's like $6. <laughs> that's why I like Waterburger. Do you know why? If you're listening to this BJ Novak, that's why I like Waterburger. Well, okay. It's open 24 hours a day. Well, listen, BJ, this is why I like Waterburger. They have patty melts. I like their style. You like their style? Yes. I just love seeing the the orange yeah, and the orange white, white stripe. stripes. Yep. You can see it from afar. It sets itself apart from literally every other fast food restaurant. And I'm just like, it's the water bird. There's the water. Well, and there's the thing. All right, with our jobs, the hours get late. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So I might come home three o'clock in the morning. I might come home at seven o'clock at night. I never know when I'm gonna come home. If I'm in the mood, I'll cook. I know in my dad brain that if I'm not in the mood to cook, I can just go get some. Whataburger's open 24 Water hours. Burger. I can yeah. go to Whataburger. You can even have it Ubered now. Can, yeah, well, I mean, you know, Uber, Whataburger. You, <laughs> you go get Whataburger. You Water go get Whataburger. You go get Whataburger. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, defeats purpose. The other, the thing, the other thing about this whole Whataburger thing that they put in um, this movie, and this is what I liked about it, is the realism of 2022. You have this entire family whom in other movies let's just say um for comparison's sake talladega nights and the applebee's okay oh my god okay so One most of my favorite scene so in most, the entire movie most of these other movies you have people going out to these chain restaurants right and and that's like the big the big thing we're going to the applebee's on friday night okay but in 2022 after COVID, you want to get in and get out. Yeah. So I loved that they were like, well, the reality of it is it's fast food now. Correct. We're going to go order at the counter. I'm going to tell you what I want. There's 26 of us. We're all going to yes. order. All right. And and it's going to total $32. <laughs> yes, it is. That's be- I'm sorry. That's the best thing about Waterbird. So yeah, it, it was, it's a great little thing that they put in there. That's it. It's exclusive you know to texas and and the south so i really like they put yeah i like they put that in there um they also do a lot of other you know things that a new york city person being in texas for the first time would not know they wouldn't know how insane they are about their football you know and so I uh, I asked a guy about this. So we got a couple of guys that we work with, right? And they're uh, we're doing a travel program at work now. I don't know if we've really had a chance to talk about it. But we're doing this travel program at work where we're hiring traveling paramedics from right. other places. And they came to Oklahoma. I met a traveling paramedic from uh, Denver, Colorado. Pretty big. Not too big, but like a bigger city. Right. And... Uh, she told me that before she came here from Denver, she worked in New York City, Boston, and Seattle. Like, really? she flies all over the place. She's pretty badass. But she said, I came to Tulsa, and it's crazy. She said, this is the one where I was so like, a cultural Whoa. shock? This is a culture shock. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? She said, it takes you 35 minutes to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody else on the road. Yeah. Like, that's just how far apart you people are. 
She said, it's not like that anywhere else in the country. We get down here. If I want to go see somebody that lives in the town outside of your town, I have to tell them, well, I'll be there in like an hour. Yes. Yeah. So she was And we don't me, think anything about no, that. No, nothing about it. Yeah. That's just what well, it of is. Of course the it, Walmart's course, 45 yeah. minutes course, away. That's it where it is. is. Yeah. Like, the, I live here, and the Walmart is 45 minutes away. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, it can't be that bad. Like, I mean, how long does it take to drive around New York? Nobody drives in New York. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. New York's a pretty big place. I've seen a bunch of <laughs> movies with New York in it. 65,000 cars in New York at all times. Yes. So who's not driving? So who's not driving if nobody drives in New are York? All too much Ubers? traffic. Nobody's driving. Are they? Too much traffic. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I couldn't explain to someone just how large Texas was. I worked in England. She said she flew over across the country and she worked in England okay. on a contracted job. She said you can get from the bottom of England, the bottom of the island, right, to the top of the island and back in two hours. Wow. For two real? Hours in by car. But yeah, wow. you drive from the bottom of the island I back, think down and back. To get from one the, hour one way. To get from the top of Texas to the bottom of Texas is like Galveston is fifteen hours yeah, from where yeah. we are sitting right now. Fifteen yeah, no, you're hours. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, fifteen hours from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You have to cut out the two hours it takes to get to Texas from here. All right. So yeah, it's I'm sorry, it's sixteen hours there and back. Okay, sixteen so, hours there and back. So fourteen hours from the top of Texas yes. to Galveston. Well, even to get from to Dallas from here, it's like a four and a half hour drive from here, from Tulsa. All right. Now, let's say that you live where the movie is set in Abilene, Texas. Okay. And you'd like to jump over to Houston and catch a flight out of here. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on the road for five hours and 34 minutes from Holy Abilene, Texas shit. to the airport in Houston. Yeah. I don't know why you would drive past DFW, but if you did. But if you if did, you're gonna, yeah. Because in the movie, it says you can catch a flight out of Houston, right? Um, I think. Um, didn't he? I I'm pretty sure, yeah, he said. And but, here, and here's the thing in the South, those of you who are not from the South, there are three different times, types of South. And this is literally the only things that is different in the States that are Southern. The only three things, everything else is the same, but the only three things is that you have the Desert South, you have the, like, Mid-South, which is, like, Oklahoma. That's your standard where, country that you're thinking of. You're thinking of plains with some woods. You go and deer trees hunting. And, yeah. Yes. And then you have the wet south. Swamp south. Swampy south. Oh, yeah. Which is nothing but trees and nothing but, but water. And I'm happy to report yeah. that every single but, state in the south has one of every single one of those climates. It's yes. all three. Yes. Every state has all three. Yes, has a they desert, do. Mountains, yes, they do. Trees, plains. Swamps, exactly, all. They have all exactly, and space. There's so much space. I don't know why he didn't do anything about the weather though. Like that was the part. Like he doesn't say like, "Oh fuck, it's 109 degrees outside today." How the fuck are you going to work? Well, yes, actually, I would think that he would have said something. That's about all that, I but... could think of. The whole movie is like he's going to bitch about <laughs> we're how like, hot it is down here, and we're like, "Oh yeah, but it's only 109." <laughs> That's what we say. It's only 106. <laughs> Yesterday it was 109. Yeah, you know. And I worked all day yesterday, so it's not gonna bother me today. But yeah, there were there were a lot of um, there were a lot of, of southern things in here. I th- when he wrote the movie, he said he wanted it to be a Texan's favorite movie. I know that he took took a lot of steps. I think that he portrayed not only this state pretty well, but he also portrayed the people in it pretty well because you're gonna meet all types of Texans in this movie. I think he took a lot of steps and he made a lot of effort to make sure that we weren't being, uh, I think he just wanted to be these honest character representations. Tell me why every single person in the theater knew what Granny was going to say before she said it. Oh, yeah, I know. You know. Like, well, Granny will bring it up. Yeah. Granny will say it. I, I heard it 16 times around me. Tell me why we all have the same Granny. Because we just do. Because BJ <laughs> Novak went and met someone's actual yeah. Granny. Someone, And they were and, like, holy shit, you're amazing. And fun fact, um, the woman who played the grandma in that movie is a Texan. She is a Dallas native. That is correct. So I thought that that was, I thought he did really good casting there. Do you know what other movie she was in where she played a Um, granny? 
Yes, but I just blanked. Friday Night Lights? Yes. Friday yes. Night Lights? Yes. Friday Night Lights. Yes. I knew that. Okay. I know. I know. It was important to him to, oh, I found the word I'm so for, to showcase right. Texan right. tropes. To really go, no, you guys don't understand. Every single family has a drunk <laughs> yes. aunt, a mouthy grandma yeah. who does not care what she you think. She does not. No, she does not. She's, you're going to do what's right and she's going to call you out on it. Yeah. Everybody's got this doting mother. Everyone's got the hard work dad. Everyone's got the brother they're embarrassed of yeah. or sister they're embarrassed of because they're in one way or another just trying to find themselves in the middle of the sandbox we live in. Mm-hmm. I think because I know how important it was for him to portray them accurately. Right. As a, not just Texan, Mr. Novak, but a West Texan. Yeah. I'm happy to report that you did justice. We haven't even talked about the actual storyline yet. Well, I don't want to give too um, much away. I, I don't want to give too much away either, but this part is in the trailer. So the brother, after after, after the funeral, decides that he's going to rope him into vengeance. He, Correct. He the movie thinks, is named Vengeance. Yes. He thinks that, so the girl died from an OD and he thinks that it was actually murder and he is roping Ben into this... Investigating a murder. Yes, investigating a... Well, Which Ben is the like... The Texas right, way. Well, that's... <laughs> do you have any... And I love the part in the trailer where he goes, oh, do you have any evidence to... Do you have any reason and he to goes, believe? Well, I got a gut feeling. And I mean, that's the most Texas <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. And so the point is, is that he calls his boss back up and says, listen, I know we were talking about start, uh, doing a podcast. And so I want to do it on this family. I want to follow them. I want to follow their grief. I want to follow the denial process. The I want to follow. The mythological creation. Yeah. Which happens in the absence of yes. uh, mass stimuli, yeah. in the absence of mass people. We have to create our own wonder. That's yes. the big point that he wants to make. And a lot of times, because we, make we our don't own, have anything going on, yeah. we got to make it up. We make our own narratives, and um, we create our own rumors and this expose know. into the psychology yeah. of a person that can't deal with what is real. It's a movie about loss and following this family who has lost and cannot accept the way that she was lost. I would posit that it is three different movies. It is a lot. It's three different movies. It's this mystery uh-huh. about the death of this young girl. Right. Because they both agree. Like, we'll figure this out, man. And yes, and the movie figure. does investigate it. They do investigate it. There's a lot of investigation. There's always yes. that, that that never-ending underlying trope yeah. where they're gonna they're collecting information. They're right. asking questions. They're interviewing to right. an end goal right. of discovering how uh, Abby died. So they're right. gonna look into that, right? Alright. Well, then there's this second movie. There's mm-hmm. this second movie with Ty, and probably my favorite character in the whole movie is Ty's buddy. I don't want to spoil it too much, but he's great. You'll see him. And every single dude that you know has Ty's <laughs> friend in their circle of friends. <laughs> Ty's buddy. When you see him, you're going to know right away. You're going to go, yeah, we got one of those. I, mean, <laughs> I know that guy. I at know that guy in, six times. Yeah, at least in the South in a way. Yeah. Um, but I love those two. They're going to go get revenge. Right. So you've got somebody trying to solve this mystery. And the minute that's going to be over with, this new movie yeah. is starting where he's going to go get revenge. Yeah. This is revenge story on this Count of Monte Cristo style. Yes. I'm going to get the right person's going to happen. All right. And then it has this underlying something that you didn't really see much anymore, but you saw, you saw it a lot in the early to mid-90s with movies, was the intellectual New Yorker op-ed uh, turnaround. Yeah. I mean, you see it in For Richer, For Poor. Right. Right? Yeah. Like my Cousin Vinny. Yeah. And all these, I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? These movies where this this stereotypical New Yorker who's set in his ways goes yeah. somewhere and learns a lesson yeah. and changes for the better. Mm-hmm. It is all three of those movies. Yeah. And they're well, written very well. Um, And I also think... And I don't know if he meant to do this. I know he meant he meant to portray the characters the way he did. Um, but also, this is a movie about victim advocacy. Correct. Uh, because we start out with, we don't care about her because we don't know her. In fact, I don't think he could have put it any better yeah. that when he looks into the phone, it just says, Abby 
Texas. Yes. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't know anything else about her. And so it's this wonderful story about what happens in the lives of these people who did know her, how they knew her, how wonderful she was, and him getting to know her and then realizing that maybe I shouldn't write people off so quickly because everyone matters to someone. And I think that that arc is probably one of the... Watching that arc unfold that way, which you know it's gonna... I mean, come on. You know it's gonna... Yeah. That's one of the best parts of the movie. does it so well. He takes her from a poster to a person. And that's that's victim advocacy. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, And I, I think he should be commended for that. Being a true crime podcaster, there were a lot of little um, like podcasting jokes in there that were. Kind there were of, a lot of podcasting <laughs> were jokes just, in there, just for me, just for you, man. <laughs> That's what I said. This movie was written for you. Um, because like even there's this one part where he goes to interview this guy, right? And he's got his little, he's taken his, um, handheld recorder with him and they're like, oh, you can't take that in there. It's like a dangerous guy. It's like, (laughs) you can't can't record this to kill you. And so he has to hand it to this guy's like bouncer guy, whatever. No, it's absolutely like mafia muscle murderer. Like the most terrifying dude you've ever seen in your life. He's going to hand it to this guy. And so when he comes back out, he takes it from this guy and this guy is like, hey man, you're on 2%. You might want to switch to the lapel. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I laughed so hard and I was like one of like three podcasters in there just cracking up. Everybody that else guy, was like, I don't understand. That guy <laughs> was so like until he spoke, you're like, that dude's gonna kill him. You like, got I know. And he's like, you gotta switch to your phone. You better turn on that lapel. Get your like, shit oh together, podcaster. <laughs> So, so there was a lot of podcasting jokes in there, um, re- like recording studio jokes in there that I think um, were a little niche. But overall, it was a good. Uh, it's a very a good, good crime tale. B.J. Novak should be very proud of his directorial debut. I've seen a lot of other people try and fail at. Yeah. directorial debuts to do what you would call uh, oversaturated products yes. or yeah. uh, or reach too far and yeah. put too much into one thing and then not execute any of them. And I can say with confidence that it did not happen in this movie. I liked it very much. Yeah. Enjoyed it. The two deputies. You know, Mike and Dan. <laughs> we'll talk about Mike and Dan. Every little town in Oklahoma or has Texas a has a Mike and Dan. Mike I and know Dan. them. I know where they're at right now. I know, I know what they're doing exactly. at the station. I can tell you Mike and Dan's address. I can tell you Mike and Dan's address. <laughs> and so, where that car is parked. You know, about Mike and Dan, the whole... I don't want to tell too much about the, Mike and Dan. Mike and Dan I know. is the best. I'll just say the whole thing with them is basically they are the whole sheriff's department. And that is 100% true. It is 100% accurate in the portrayal of it. Um, but also, it's just Mike and Dan, you went to school with those dipshits, and they are not very good at investigating. And so, you know, you're it's basically, hard to trust. Basically, Ben is on his own in this investigation because it's hard to trust regular cops in a big city. Like I get that. Yes. You know, you don't you don't know me. I don't know you. And so there's like this moment where you're like, oh, he doesn't really give a shit yeah. about my problem. He's going to write a report. He's going to get in his car. He's going to drive off. Never going to see me. Right. All right. Well, it's worse in a small town. Yeah. When you're looking at the dude and you're like, they stole my whatever. They stole my gun collection. They right. stole my truck. And I need you to go find it, dude. And then you look at him and you go, oh, I've seen that guy do a body shot off somebody before. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't look take at you seriously. and think that you're going to yeah. solve my problem because I know too much about you. I know what tattoos mm-hmm. you have under that uniform shirt. Yeah. Like, and one of them is Tweety Bird. Like, I can't. I can't. Yeah. So I thought that was great. Mike and Dan were 100% real characters. Uh, But yeah, but then, you know, they have all these other agencies that they kind of portray, and they portray them accurately, especially the Highway Patrol. Phenomenally. (laughs) Highway Patrol's my favorite one. We don't have time for your bullshit, is basically the the most accurate portrayal of a police officer 
in the Highway Patrol that I've ever seen in a movie, ever. But yeah, so, you know, it has a great story arc. It has a lot of character development. You even see some development from the supporting characters. And I think the cast is great. I'm not going to talk about Ashton Kutcher too much because I feel like... Ashton Kutcher wears a scarf. I feel like we'll give away anything. That's your only hint. (laughs) I think we'll give away literally anything. If you live in Texas, you know what that means immediately. Ashton Kutcher is wearing a scarf. And that's what I was saying is how, like, they even portray the different kinds of cowboys in this movie. Every single kind. Every Every single single kind kind is in this movie. Every single... roughneck and oil workers Basically every single Texan. Ten-gallon hat, man. Everybody. And so, yeah, I think they did a really good job. Um, The story itself from a true crime podcaster who covers stories like this... I think that he did a really good job of showing the coverage of it and then kind of the arc in how these stories kind of infect you. And one of the most important parts, you know, no one, you don't care about that until it's personal to you somehow. And then he starts working on this case. He did not care about this girl, would not have ever thought twice about her death, but then he's roped in and he's made to really meet who she was through her family and through her friends and through her home and you see this great story arc of again victim advocacy and showing as a podcaster from a podcaster's point of view or a journalist's point of view or anyone who covers stories like this or wants to cover stories like that the real bulk of the work and it's hard work because you end up falling in love with these people and truly wanting to see justice, hence the name of the movie. Yeah. Vengeance. Vengeance, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it does an excellent job of showing what it's like when you as the investigator turn someone from a poster into a person. Yes, exactly. I think yeah. it does a phenomenal job of that. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie. It's uh, a good movie. Yeah, it's a good July movie. July 29th, it's out in theaters. It's out. Yeah, we went to it's see out it. right now. We went to see it on the 26th. It came out just about everywhere on the Wear 29th. Wear your mask, wash your hands, buy some popcorn, yeah, go see popcorn. a movie. It's a good go one. see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, could, you could waste $20 on a lot worse. And yeah. if you're from Texas, you know it's a pretty good compliment right there. And thank you so much, Focus Features. For inviting us yeah, to that the cool, pre-screening, man. that Thanks. was a very cool thing. Focus. Um, I would not mind doing that again in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ravens Reviews. Catch more next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?